but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. As if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. to brutes, men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. to be alive 2023 and we're still allowing some dude to play dress up in a palace because of who his mammy and pappy were and that's why we're going to be talking about my buddy my dude charlie dickens uh i like to have pet names for these authoritarian monsters who in reality in my day-to-day um have no bearing right i don't spend my day thinking about charlie dickens and the royal family or or what harry and uh the other one we'll just call him the other one how about that how about that willie do huh all i don't think about these people but in the respect that they do have influence and you may be surprised to hear my take on the association between a guy like Klaus Nutschwab, right? And then remember 50 plus years of the World Economic Forum in some uh, shape or form or another, okay? And Charlie Dickens, a.k.a. King Charles, not my king. You're not going to get a curtsy or a bow. I wouldn't think it was a great honor to meet you. I don't need to be knighted like Sir Paul McCartney. It's not one of my life goals. I wouldn't think it was a big deal. In fact, I would refuse it. (laughs) That would be pretty funny if sometime down the line, from some weird quirk, probably long after Charlie Dickens is gone there, that, uh, you know, Burmese, you need to be knighted. No thanks. No thanks. I, I don't stump for bloodlines. Talk about dark occultic magic. The idea that a family or a group of families decided to call themselves kings and just rule and then pass that on to their children 
and we act in, like in a civilized society where the establishment, the predator class, is, is getting ready to stomp out most of humanity through automation and AI. And by the way, uh, we got a story today that's kind of the back door into that via this Holly weird uh, Screen Actor Guild strike. And I, I didn't really think about it at all. And then it got brought up in this article. And I was I, I thought to myself, man, that, that would be a, kind of a dark brilliance to go for Holly weird first. I, I don't know how it plays, though, because I don't think, again, this AI is that great. I think they're advanced chatbots, and they are going to automate out a lot of the people that do busy work, quite frankly, you know, a lot of the, and, and guys, there's a lot of you out there. No offense. I'm sure some of my audience says, cause it's broad is very much in, um, the field where they're a paper pusher and they're setting up meetings and they're reviewing items or editing them. A lot of those people are going to get worked out first. That's why you're seeing those big tech jobs have the same thing happen. Pop that back a little bit now that we got some sunshine coming through. Huge storms. I, I didn't know I was going to do a broadcast this morning, quite frankly. I, I didn't get a lot of sleep, not, not because of that, but because the storms were so wild here in the Quad Cities, I wasn't sure I was going to have power when I woke up. Power goes out here once every few months on the reg. And, and we're talking about big thunder and lightning strikes. In fact, I was, I was half uh, waiting to see another uh, huge tree branch down but outside. But nope, I, I got a good view. The birds are chirping. Hopefully the clouds are going away. And uh, I hope that you guys are enjoying spring coming into being. Because look, I get it. There's a lot of darkness out there. But just like I don't focus on Charlie Dickens and the gang. Like, I, I don't live and die by my king. I, and look, I, I, I would imagine a lot of that is inflated in um, British culture. I, I would, but I've talked to enough people that really are into it. It is, It really is like this weird like fantasy celebrity thing that Americans have with their actors and actresses. For real. That's, that's spooky, man. And by the way, it's not just Charlie Dickens in the gang. You know, I, 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 I absolutely, oh, of course. You know, I sit here and I check everything. And of course, there's one thing that's not right all the time. And I'm going to, I'm not, I got to fix it on air, even though you guys won't see it because I got a preview editor. How annoying, but we'll get there in a second. Old, old Dickens here. I saw this, I think it had to be on Coronation Day, right? And this is by uh, Bob. Uh, B.O.B. And this is in 23. Obviously, it's brand new. I this sums it up for me. We're talking about an old man, okay, who was buddies with Jimmy Savile. Not only uh, somebody in the entertainment industry, Jim will fix it for you. Working with the government and Thatcher, holding big checks, saying he's helping ch children. Serial monster to children. I mean, that's dark enough. Right, it doesn't get much more dark clown show than that, um, other than having like full access to the royal family. I'm sure no one was aware. I'm sure nobody nobody vetted him. That's not what MI5 or MI6 would do. I mean, come on. Anyway, 
he was also into necrophilia where he would go into hospices and rape old women and then corpses. Yeah, you kind of have to take a, a breath there. Take, take five or ten seconds for yourself just to think about how dark that is. That's his buddy. That's his guy. And then, of course, his brother, good buddies with Epstein, just fantastic friends. I mean, Ghislaine Maxwell to this day is just so upset what happened uh, to Andrew. These are great people. These are great people. And I, I like how um, they incorporated not only Jimmy Savile, and the hot dog fingers, right? This is a guy that just had everybody do everything for him. In fact, we have two clips. I'm going to be playing from Truthstream Media. One I've played before, but I think is ultimately really important in understanding the actual, like, uh, Klaus House. We'll get to that tweet in a moment. Relationship. And how they actually crowned Prince Charles then right before the COVID-1984 nightmare came about, and he was crowned King Corona. You saw that little, I uh, like that. They actually crowned him in the sustainability development goals. The number of them there is six, five, and six, but you'll notice in the top, in the middle, uh, the, the one bifurcates and splits off. So there are six on the top, lovely 666 symbolism out of 656 so they could get the 17 colors and the 17 SDGs in there. They, they, they crown, not, not they, Klaus House crowned him that. So what is the relationship? And by the way, uh, I want to point this out. Graham Smith, five others who dare tried to protest this coronation of a king in 2023, again, in 2023, we allow this to happen. It's, I, I, I want to make this extremely clear. Royalty in any nation state is no bueno. You want to play dress up? Play it on your own dime. Play it on your own dime. Take your fortune and get taxed like the rest of us and get treated like the rest of us and no more government protection. I mean, it's insanity. And then to act like these people don't have any sway or influence is ridiculous it's 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 cartoon level it's the dark cartoon we live in right so king corona up there he's got his little he's got his little devil hand demon right over his shoulder little globes and some nice little pyramids here in the background little globage pyramidage i mean the nipple tassels are kind of a must right and you'll notice we got a little goat and another demon on top of a bed of skulls underneath the seat. Just fantastic work there. Um, just sums it right up. It really does. It sums it right up. So go to, I'm going to go to this clip um, on the symbolism of these type of uh, coronation ceremonies, if you will, via royalty, via my good friends, at Truth Stream Media. The orb is an expression of religious and moral authority. The royal family's links to slavery began And of course, we got to do it live again because I, I messed it up. And even though I thought I had everything going, why would things work? Why would things work? But we'll fix it. We'll fix it right here. We'll do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And again, those, those Tucker leaks, just fantastic, right, everybody? I mean, come on. 
You can hate all you want. We got a funny Trump clip, too. We got, a, we got some Tuckins clips as well. All right, let's bring it back. Let's maybe turn it up just a little bit. Here we go. The awe is an expression of religious and moral authority. The royal family's links to slavery began during the reign of Queen Elizabeth I. The crown and the royal family was deeply involved in the slave trade and making money off the slave trade. The awe is an expression of religious and moral authority. Charles II granted a charter to the royal adventurers originally, and they were then reconstituted as the Royal African Company to deal directly in enslaved Africans and to sell them in the New World. The awe is an expression of moral authority. That suffering was not only immense, it was uh, generational. And, uh, and a lot of wealth was derived from the suffering. The awe is an expression of religious and moral authority. The brands that were used on the bodies of enslaved people featured the name of monarchs. So for example, the Duke of York, one of the brands that was used by the Royal African Company um, with the letters DY. And this was actually instructed to be put onto the bodies of enslaved people. All is an expression of religious and moral authority. And uh, if you're just listening, the orb, uh, which is on, on the crown, they're the king and queen. Well, we're sorry, we obviously have uh, one or two problems with uh, getting to our program. We hope to join it in just a few seconds. In the meantime, a bit of music. <laughs> and, and, man, just everywhere. Hold on, we're going to fix this one now. Well, once again, let me just... Uh keep you informed that uh, we are having to change machines to uh, bring you the rest of this film or will be well we are told in a few seconds time and uh, just as soon as we go back to the film as soon as it's running we'll go back to it Well, things seem to be much better now, uh, except for Richard Harris, who's still having a fairly tough time of things. Uh, we rejoin the film uh, just where we left it. Nothing missed. You know, I think a lot of people don't realize how good prunes really are. <laughs> All right. Our comedy bit. I thought that was cute, especially because the uh, eight-minute or so piece that we're going to play is is pretty dark. Like, I mean... They got, a, they got a great sense of humor there. Um, my sense of humor. I think that uh, Aaron, uh, somebody who's been my friend for a very long time, can be a very glib guy. But when they put stuff like that in there, on the moral authority, I'm all about it. And now, folks, a word from our sponsors. Have you heard of Executive Order 14067? This little-known order implemented the digital dollar, the most sinister plan to control your spending. And it gets worse. In November, the federal government and banks began a test program to roll out the digital dollar. With this, privacy for all Americans will be lost forever. Imagine, the government can now track all of your spending. The government can tell you what you can and can't buy. The government could confiscate your cash. When digital currency was rolled out in China, Bloomberg wrote, quote, this will lead to control like no other, end quote. 
The EU has announced that they are next, but it is already happening in America, which makes this wealth protection guide that American Alternative Assets just put out even more urgent. Project Hamilton, as this secret order is being called, might be the scariest order to happen to privacy and freedom in America since its founding, which makes this wealth protection guide so incredibly valuable right now. Move your money out of cash and into something that doesn't infringe on your privacy. You see, there is one legal IRS-proof loophole that could protect your IRA, 401k, and pension savings with gold and silver. And this free guide tells you exactly which steps you need to take right now to move part of your IRA or 401k into precious metals with no tax consequences. As this program rolls out, the sky's the limit for the level of government control that could be enforced on your money. Protect your savings and your privacy. But in the devastation ahead, American Alternative Assets is offering you something rare, a chance to protect your wealth and possibly even grow it. All right, folks, we are back. I want you to thumbs it up, subscribe, share. And remember that uh, later on, we're actually going to be playing samples of this. Um, but we've got two premium interviews, Wayne Dupree, uh, Alicia Powell, one on the seditious conspiracy uh, convictions that have recently happened. Haven't touched on it much on the show. We did do a mixed martial mindset with John uh, just uh, over the weekend on Friday as well with the fights coming up. Discussed a little bit there. Also did a big thing on Rigzulti. But I want to remind people, 11 and a half hours, almost 12 hours a day, we're doing it live at Red Voice Media. And if you go to their Rumble, which is rvmrumble.com, another easy way to get there, www.rvmrumble.com, you get both hours. Now, I know my audience has been asking, by the way, thumbs up, subscribe, and share if you're over on YouTube as well. They go over to RVM and they don't see the thumbnail for mine. It's the top stream that they have. It's the live stream. It's got the logo on it. Um, that's where to find the second hour. So again, you can find the second hour after this, after we break away from YouTube, because honestly, again, YouTube is such a censorship machine. I have to constantly break away. And we are going to play clips that you can't play on YouTube. There's plenty to talk about. It's just like, why do I have to restrict my speech? Because I don't like the fact we have royalty around. And he and he's pushing not only the Johnny Nonsense COVID-1984 authoritarian nightmare, but how about some climate uh, lockdowns? How about a Marshall Plan to stop climate change? And that's the relationship with Klaus House. So let, let me break it down for you, and we're going to play this clip um, from Truthstream, which is fantastic. It's from their two-hour documentary. I think it's like an hour 51. Uh, the King of the World. The King of the World. Awesome. Watch it, share it, live it, love it. Spot on. The whole thing. Royalty and their cohorts the predator class, in the Predator class, which, which they, they don't always wear a crown, right? There are certainly people that are in charge of financial institutions and business institutions. Like the Rockefeller family came up. They, they came up. They're, they're like the last generation of the, like the true robber baron class of individuals. And then you kind of had lower rungs of like mafioso come up. And then the tech boom. But really even in the tech boom, all those guys end up being middle managers. And, and during that time that 
royalty and these interests wanted to set up NGOs, non-government organizations, outside of things like the League of Nations that had failed, and then the United Nations, they had all these different think tank ideas. We talk about the Club of Rome here, right? We talk about Bilderberg here. And a lot of this stuff is post-World War II, okay? Post-World War II. Council on Foreign Relations, etc. Okay, World Economic Forum Davos is meant to be kind of the public mouthpiece and outlet for all these things, all right? To integrate it and, and make it almost a subsidiary of this global governance they've set up via the United Nations, okay? So how does Klaus House uh, fit into this? Well, Klaus House here, you got to understand, his deal is that he is a, a middle manager of sorts, okay? That, that, that's the real deal. He's a middle manager in the sense that, you know, they recruit him for sure. That, that's what they do. He's got the recruitment. And by recruiting him via Kissinger and bringing him up with the actual Dr. Strangelove, Herman Kahn, you groom him into what you need him to be. So he's he's very powerful guy, got a nice house, got some nice protection. But at the end of the day, it's Charles and, and that ilk that's really running the show. You know what I'm saying? Like they're... They're the guys that are really running it. And that needs to be acknowledged. Like, he's not just a figurehead. It's not all fun and games. This guy's a dangerous, dangerous dude. So without further ado, I'm going to show you how this green agenda and how the anointance of being a, a royal, you are anointed, sir, that you have reign and rule over nature, okay? And how we need to really take a step back and say, no, we, we, this is another one of those institutions that need to be eradicated, eradicated. Again, you want to play dress up on your own time, have a birthday party and a ceremony for whatever and whoever, any way you want it, do it on your own dime. No government protections, certainly no government influence. It's, it's insanity. I mean, Prince Bernard of the Netherlands had to give up his steering committee spot on, in, in the Bilderberg Group in the 70s when he got caught dealing arms with Lockheed Martin. These people are bad people. Okay. I'm going to let Truthstream speak for me. Instead of understanding that people are wary of further controls under any pretext, tone-deaf Charles in 2021, just ahead of becoming king, unveiled his very own, quote, Terra Carta, a document he created that I see as an inversion of the Magna Carta and the balance of power set up ages ago, back in the 13th century to restrain the arbitrary powers of monarchs. Implicitly rejecting that tradition in the very vein of his two former namesakes, Charles I and II, Charles III's Terra Carta bypasses the people he supposedly governs, instead putting the earth into the contract, the charter, the agreement, the earth in quotes, 
and setting aside the precedents for social contracts and the balance of power with people, relative fairness, relative freedom in their affairs with respect to the issues they've had with monarchs all throughout history, time after time. Watch those Shakespeare history plays. It's all that stuff. It's exactly what it is. And that's, and that's again, why I love these guys is because they're going to the historical nature of how Char Charlie Dickens and the gang, they really believe this is their God-given right. You get it? Charlie Dickens and the gang think this is not only okay, they were born to rule. They are the rulers. I talk about out of touch. They're above the law. Their best friends can be Jimmy Savile, serial pedophile. It's okay. And the Terra Carta is all the creepier because it could be voluntarily ascribed to by corporate partners who agree to honor its top-down principles and in return are in the position of having preferential business with research and development labs, the innovators of these climate mitigation technologies and these big Earth-sized solutions in partnership with Charles's own Terra Carta design lab. And by the way, Charles's Terra Carta Design Lab, their most recent innovation is a plan for methane converting gas masks to be worn by livestock and cattle. Take a look at that image. With the weight of a royal title, Charles, as Prince of Wales, has long leveraged his influence with a group of corporate partners who have extremely deep pockets. Those who uh, are and have been aiming to transform the world through their partnerships, which usually reap them preferential business deals, you know, whatever, for the earth, almost to the point of the royal monopolies that were issued under King Charles one centuries ago. You know, policies to help them manifest their tightly regulated visions of, quote, sustainable living. But all those tentacles of power, those ships. So again, the, the, his, the history of sustainable living. It's always been sustainability. How long do we focus on this channel? Of oh, the fact that you had Bushnell from NASA telling you in 2011 at that Blue Tech Forum. It's 2010, 2011. I always mix it up. I want to make sure I get it right. Over a decade ago that the mantra of growth was going away and the mantra of sustainability was coming. And that, and that was a code word. Sustainability was a code word for the Western standard of living plummeting. And now we're seeing it in real time. There, there can be no doubt. We're seeing it in real time. It's happening right now. And it's something that the basis of which has literally been around for centuries in order to sustain the rule of an illegitimate class of people. It's a problem. They've all sailed, they're in place, they're positioned. Charles, as crowned king, need not say word one. He can comfortably keep with the appearance of being a ceremonial monarch only, and especially with respect to not interfering with the affairs of Britain. The causes he's contributed to have already shaped the agenda and the collaboration of a feast of thieves gathered around the golden goose of sustainability, environment, climate change, prestidigitation, has already commenced. I mean, the big moment at WEF 2020, he didn't just promote the Great Reset, he was crowned by that agenda. He announced it to the world in the appearance of being a monarch, 
you know, during this WEF 2020, where he was sort of king of the world with this issue, it was in that context that he announced the beginning of the Great Reset Agenda. I mean, take a look. Literally gets the handshake from the Klaus House, the crown, the crown prince of Davos, Klaus Schwab, and he has the Sustainable Development Goals crown over his head with an, the other crown symbolism behind him. I mean, right before the whole COVID-1984 nightmare kicks off, he's king of the world. Initially launched there at WEF 2020 with all the other people that are connected to it. Please welcome His Royal Highness, the Prince of Wales. Ladies and gentlemen, I am most touched that Professor Klaus Schwab should have invited me to be with you as we mark the uh, 50th anniversary of the World Economic Forum and its mission to improve the state of the world. It is this mission and uh, the urgent need to shape the next 50 years that has inspired me to be with you here today. It has inspired me to be with you here today as we shape the next 50 years with my good friend, Professor Klaus Nutschwab. Sorry. And you notice his uh, three years ago, his, his fingers weren't quite as plump and portly. I mean, they were getting there. They were getting there. They're almost there. Not quite there. Guys, thumbs it up. We don't even have 100 thumbs up. Remember, follow me on Twitter at Jason Burmis. Pretty simple. And you're going to find all these stories and individual videos. We're going to be back after this word from our sponsor. You're still looking good. I'm still feeling good. You know, I've got all your MyPillow products. Mattress topper, bed sheets, MyPillows, towels, slippers, blankets, sleepwear. Dog whoa, bed. whoa, Charles. Everyone now can get MyPillow products at huge discounts at MyPillow.com. That's right. Now's the time to go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to take advantage of our three-in-one sale. We're bringing you exciting new products, overstock specials, and closeout deals you won't find anywhere else. For example, when you buy one of our brand new MyPillow 2.0s, you get another one absolutely free. And with our overstock sale, you save 50% on our luxurious Giza Dream bed sheets. That's as low as $29.99 for the best sheets ever. And with our biggest closeout special, you get our all-season slippers for only $35 or our sandals and slides for just $25. Quantities are limited, and once they're gone, they're gone. Use that promo code RVM. You know, I just saw somebody in the, uh, speaking of symbolism, and we're going to cut back to that video in a moment, I promise you. Don't worry, we're going to get back to Charles and the king of the world because it was just really uh, getting juicy. It's getting juicy, juicy. Uh, they are asking me whether or not this was the all-seeing eye. So, yeah, it is. It's the all-seeing eye in a downward position to the owl, the uh, owl god from Bohemian Grove, not Moloch, the owl god, Minerva in some cases. And then on top of that, 
The owl is actually sitting, if you check, check a look, on skull and bones right there. On the skull and bones. And, and the reason that I like this shirt is because it's not just like a, obviously, oh, I love the Illuminati. If somebody asks me about it, because a lot of people, obviously, the triangle, all seeing eye symbolism is big. Um, and there's a lot of owls around. Some people are aware of that. They don't get it. And what I tell them is, I mean, take a look. I mean, really, what you have is that ground level, that getting you while you're young through nepotism, your connections, through secret societies in college. Skull and Bones is one of many. And then coming up, and, and Bohemian Grove, big deal. Again, the Manhattan Project was launched there. The idea of compartmentalization was launched there. Political figures um, and power players are not only groomed there, but meet there and do set policy there, 100%. 100%. And really above that are the power players that you, 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 you kind of see out there, but like they're, they're almost jokes, like Charles. You think he's a joke. It's, it's ha-ha, funny, funny. Or, I mean, there's other family players within other royal bloodlines and other institutions that are really a part of this. But they intermingle, or, or their minions intermingle, like a Klaus house. So, and again, we were really excited to get, um, really excited to get the uh, Bohemian Grove book. You know, I need to do a Bilderberg episode this week as well, because um, word on the street is that Bilderberg is, in fact, that's where I need to contact uh, Dykes. And we'll maybe have him on about Bilderberg 2023. Uh, the word on the streets in Lisbon, Portugal. I haven't confirmed that. You know, Char uh, Charlie Skelton put that out there as someone that I do trust. I should contact him. Love to get him on the program as well. That would be great uh, because he, who knows? Maybe he's planning on going there and actually covering it. I'd love to have somebody covering it on the ground for sure. I think that that would be extremely important. All right, we're going to get back to the video here. Again, uh, thumbs it up, subscribe, and share. Second hour, rvmrumble.com, www.rvmrumble.com. If you do want to sign up, and I've got some uh, some clips here I do want to play, uh, you do get two extra interviews a week now. Now, it's eight hours free, two other interviews uh, a week. And that you can sign up for, support the broadcast financially. By going to uh, RVM or I'm sorry, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. That's how we does it. Redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. All right, let's go back to the Klaus House and Charles because now you're going to see what these SDGs are and how they fit into this really weird dark symbolism. I just want to point this out because I noticed it and I can't unsee it now. They didn't just crown his royal majesty at the 50th anniversary of the 2020 WEF meeting where Charles, it was Charles, not Klaus Schwab, who officially formally announced the Great Reset. We live in such a video game at this point that they literally went out of their way to crown him with the United Nations 2030 Sustainable Development Goals. So check out his ginormous rainbow fleur de -lis crown here. You think that there'd easily be three sections of six lines to make this graphic, but no, the middle section only has five, 
for a total of 17 lines. And where have you seen that number? Well, you have a total of 17 sustainable goals on this UN Global Goals Charts, each one being a different shade of a color, and no two are the exact same color. Now look at his crown. There are four blue lines. You also have four blue goals corresponding to those shades of blue. There's three green ones for the three green goals, three yellow shades for those, and the rest are shades of orange, red, and pink. I mean, what I'm saying is they actually went to the trouble of having a graphic designer sit over there somewhere in a cubicle and make each line in Charles Weff crown to correspond to the shade of a color of one of these UN SDGs. And also make sure that the top of the crown was indeed 666 and not 656. You gotta point that out. That's the one thing that they, ju they just missed on that one. For this speech where again, it isn't Klaus Schwab announcing the Great Reset, but his Royal Majesty over there telling everyone what the agenda to shape the future is about to look like. The urgent need to shape the next 50 years, that has inspired me. The fact that they took it that far to literally crown him the majesty of the UN's 2030 goals is making a pretty bold statement about who this man is and what his role is going to be for the future they're shaping and building here, don't you think? I mean, likewise, the United Nations has also used this graphic for their General Assembly meetings, where they have these giant screens on the wall in the main room where all the representatives meet, where the goals themselves are ticked out like a clock around the entire Earth, and they have it suspended in outer space. So the colors then come down around the walls as if they're surrounding the UN representatives down on the floor. So when Charles wears this crown in front of everyone at WEF, I'm just saying, could they be any more literal with this symbolism of what they're trying to say here? So you have two unelected, supranational global bodies now crowning a hereditary monarch in goals with words like justice and equality, <laughs> king of the world. It just doesn't get more ironic. The level of this irony is so great that I feel like if anything else was added to it, it would implode and create a black hole that would destroy all of reality. <laughs> I encourage everybody to check it out. And really everything they've done, especially the minds of men, which is going to break down for you so many aspects of actual mind control that even go beyond MKUltra. Okay, it's such an important film, social engineering, um, really taking us into the transhumanist future that we're living now, because it's really not a future, right? The only futuristic aspect is how far they can take it and how many people they can acclimate to it. They've already begun their fourth industrial revolution. That's why we focus on stuff like this. That's why uh, Melissa and Aaron are, are so important, and I, and I absolutely love them and their work. And that's why all, all, all different people 
and different perspectives and different talents have to really come together and share this information with others in a manner that is impactful and meaningful um, from within your skill set. And they got a great skill set. They do a lot of things way better than I do, period. Uh, I got to point that out. I do want to play um, this clip of my uh, myself and Wayne Dupree. Okay, and this is a uh, promo, kind of. This, th this is one of those interviews that, that we're doing, okay? Because we do it live. This is one of those interviews that we are doing and uh, showing people, basically, that, hey, I, I, I want to have adult conversations with everybody on all sides, and I'm so glad that we got a guy like Wayne Dupree on there that can hopefully bring a, a conservative, conservative audience to my show, and I can share my audience with him. He's the cleanup hitter here. He's the, he's the last show of the day on the stream. I believe he goes until, um, what is it, 7.30 or 8.30 Eastern? It's either 7 to 8.30, but, but I'm pretty sure he does like the 7 to 8.30 Eastern block as I'm doing 9 to 11. Um, but this conversation was over an hour, and uh, here's a small sample of that conversation with Wayne Dupree. Social media was was never supposed to be the end all be all for activism. It's not. Um, uh, uh, you have to be on the ground. You have to be knocking doors. You have to be walking those streets. You have. I mean, I remember Dan Bonino was running for um, Congress here in Baltimore. Every every weekend, he was walking up and down the street. Uh, you know, knocking on the doors, talking to people. Now, he didn't win, though, but, I mean, honestly, that's the only way that you um, connect with the people because a whole lot of people don't have social media. Mm -hmm. But let's be honest. Half, half of America, well, half of America might have Facebook, but they're not active on it. Less than half of America have Twitter. Less than half of America have the rest of the other stuff. And all they do, and this is something that I talk about on my show, all they do and said, I ain't part of it. I don't want to be part of it. Leave me alone. Leave well, me alone. Give me my playlist. Give me my ear pods. Give me my beach. Give me my park. I don't want to be a part of the um, want to be part of the situation. But going back to the culture war, we mimic. We don't know how to 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 uh, to fix things. So when you look at a whole lot of our uh, super influencers. They're fighting on social media. Mm -hmm. But if you look, and I see this all the time, Jay, <laughs> people are still going to concerts. People are still having fun. They're going to clubs. They're doing that stuff. They don't hear these people on Twitter. They don't hear these people on Facebook. They don't hear these people on Getter. They, they don't care. And, you know, if you aren't going into, like, Donald Trump is um, supposed to be going um, to CNN in a couple of weeks for the town hall. Mm -hmm. It's something that he did back in 2016. And basically, and another thing I said on my show, guess what? If you want to win the other side, you got to go into the other's line then. And I don't, and I said, I don't see Ron DeSantis doing that because he's a Fox News baby. He's not going anywhere because it's comfortable. It's on him. He's comfortable with Fox News. Donald Trump, he was on MSNBC, CNN, NBC, ABC, it, um, Vice, he was everywhere in 2016. Now he's going back to CNN, okay? Mm -hmm. If you want to win the other side, 
you have to let them know what you are for. Now, you're not everybody's not gonna to be with what you say, but you're gonna pick up some people. You're gonna pick up some. You don't have to pick up all, but you're gonna pick up some. And then they're gonna tell people, and then they're gonna tell people, and then you're gonna get a nice little group to vote for you. And that's what happened in 2016. But our side, they suck at culture, man. They do. They, I mean, they, I mean, and and uh, today's conservative is not conservative. They're not. They got tissue paper feelings too much for me. Get the whole story on Red Voice Media Premium using the link below, completely uncensored and ad free. And unfortunately, it says Jason there. Don't go to redvoicemedia.com slash Jason. It's redvoicemedia.com uh, slash uncensored. Uh, again, so much expansion here right now. They're trying to fix the website a little bit, but that's where you're going to find that whole interview. And, and by the way, I, I want to make it really clear that I, I do agree that you have to get out there. You have to knock on doors. You have to figure out other ways of activism. In fact, I want to play a clip uh, right after this break of Owen Schroyer and I believe it's Taylor Hansen at a baseball game doing the type of activism I can get behind. But I do have another take on the election. We'll talk about it after a word from our sponsor. Folks, we have a huge problem on our hands. A banking crisis is spiraling, and it's all thanks to the current administration's reckless spending, sky-high inflation, and massive interest rate hikes. Now, these banks are suffering, and guess what? They can legally seize your savings without notice to bail themselves out. That's right. Thanks to a sneaky law passed back in 2008, it's now legal for banks to take your hard-earned money, including your retirement savings, to save themselves. Now, this could leave your retirement accounts decimated and you paying the price for their disastrous policies. Take action now before it's too late. Now, this guide will show you how to defend your money and keep your retirement savings safe from the banking crisis and the current administration's financial fiasco. This simple and 100% legal strategy may help you protect your retirement against higher taxes, soaring inflation, and a volatile economy. So don't let your golden years be ruined by someone else's mistakes. To secure your free wealth protection guide and safeguard what's rightfully yours. Don't wait. The time to act is now. So there it is. We are back. Don't worry. Just one more commercial till we go to the second hour. Remember, you can find us over at the RVM Rumble for that second hour, 100% free. Uh, if you do want to support again, it is redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. You sign up. It's 10 bucks a month. You sign up for the year. Lock it in over there. You support me big time. And again, we're going to have two interviews every single week that are exclusive to the premium members for two solid weeks we're going to be playing clips trying to get people over there in fact uh in the second hour i'm going to be playing a clip when we talk more about seditious conspiracy the proud boy kate proud boys case and how this has been amping up for some time and here's the deal with this election and a lot of people aren't going to want to hear this that's fine i'm still in a place called reality I told everybody there would be no red wave. There was no red wave. No red wave. And there should have been a red wave after the nightmare we all lived through. Just talking to people on the street. So many people were upset. Okay? 
And it had gone beyond just regular politics to the point where people were voting not only for the president for the first time, but in their local elections and in the midterms for the first time because they were fed up. Red wave magically didn't happen. Why? Well, I would postulate with my big speculation conspiracy theorist hat on that the machines across the board owned by whoever aren't on the up and up. And the results of which are highly malleable. So unfortunately, with the system that's currently in place, okay, I don't believe there is a fair shake in the election. And let's say Donnie T somehow gets the nomination with three more criminal charges coming up on him. In fact, I'm going to play this clip of Don. Again, love him or hate him, I think he's funny. And what he says in this deposition is kind of hilarious. It's, it's kind of hilarious. We're going to definitely play that. But uh, Schroyer and Hansen went to a baseball game with a flag that said Trump won. And they got it on the air for like a minute. That's the type of activism I love, right? No one's getting hurt. The, the, the security freaks out. We're not going to show that part of it. I think that uh, Owen handled it really well. He wouldn't give him the flag, but he said, we'll leave. We'll go. That's fine. We don't have to watch the rest of the baseball game. Okay. And you got to be willing to do those type of things. Um, you know, in the past, when I've done the type of activism, people try to take, nope, you're not taking this away. No, we're not going to a secret room. No, I'm not stopping filming. It's a lot of no. You got to be able to say no. And you, Sir, ma'am, who knows these days, Z, unicorn, I don't know. You try to be as courteous as possible. But that's the type of activism I can get behind. So we'll go from Trump um, being hilarious in this deposition and, and really kind of sticking it, if you will. Ha, ha, ha. Yes, pun intended. Sticking it to uh, the attorney that's going after him. And then the type of activism Jason Burmas can only, always get behind. When you said in that video that Ms. Leeds would not be your first choice... You were referring to her physical looks, correct? Just the overall. Not, I, I look at her. I see her. I hear what she says. Whatever. You wouldn't be a choice of mine either, to be honest with you. I hope you're not insulted. <laughs> I would not, under any circumstances, have any interest in you. I'm, being, I'm honest when I say it. Uh, she, I would not have any interest in. <laughs> That's good stuff. Again, love them, hate them. I th that's good stuff. As a human being, when I see something like that, I smile a little. I smile. I can't help it. It's funny. Yeah. Again, Don's not perfect. That's funny. And uh, again, I'm not saying I have any evidence of election fraud. For 2020, I'm not saying that. I, I I believe, hopefully I'm still allowed to believe things, that Trump won in the landslide. Okay, that, Can I have that belief? I'm not coming on here with any facts. I, mean, I think it's dangerous just to say that on YouTube. I believe. And it's not religion to me, by the way. I, I could list off a bunch of reasons that I believe. But... This is this type of activism and confronting individuals of power, whether they be in politics or business or even Hollyweird.
and asking them a poignant question, this is the type of activism I can get behind. Good as gravy. And I mean, he gets it up there for they get it up there for a good minute. I'm gonna just pause it right there. Um, you get the gist of it. They get it for a good minute till security's there. Excellent. We gotta have people doing that at every baseball game every day. That's the type of activism we absolutely 100% need. Okay, we need it. Period. Uh, I want to hit a couple stories before we go over to the uncensored second hour, okay? Uh, this one in particular because Jamie Foxx's condition has not changed three weeks after Starr was admitted to hospital for mystery medical condition, despite posts made by actors Instagram Wednesday that's thanking his fans. Now, in this, the source says that he's awake and alert. Let me see that, I believe. Is that in there? Is it awake? Why didn't... There it is. There it is. Uh, he's okay, thank God, the source said. He's still in the hospital and, and doctors are running tests, but he's awake and alert. They're keeping him under observation. Uh, my issue with that is that, first of all, if you read some of the other takes, he had to be resuscitated. He collapsed and had to be resuscitated on set. And there were reports of a stroke and a possible aneurysm. So my big question is, awake and alert, or was this person on life support? There was such a blackout. And I saw a video with uh, Kevin Hart talking about it on, I think it was Logan Paul's podcast. And he had to admit that he isn't allowed to talk to him. He hasn't seen him. Um, that there's a, a tight-knit circle around him right now. And again, compare and contrast that to somebody like Jeremy Renner, who recently had that accident where he was run over, constantly being updated about it, pictures of him in the hospital, the whole nine yards, right? They, they just couldn't be any different. So found this one really interesting, okay? The plot thickens. Playboy Mattel slams striking Hollywood writers for ruining late-night television and causing cultural division as studios refuse to rule out using AI-produced scripts. I don't care about Jessica Vaughn. I don't really care what her take is on this, ruining late-night scripts. I care that there's a possibility. I mean, is that person even pretty? It almost looks like there's like Something weird going on in the middle there. It's like lizard-like. Like, when, she, when was she a Playboy model and why? <laughs> um, uh, my big question is, and by the way, those were striking Hollywood act or uh, writers. My big question is, all right, so if they go with the AI scripts, that's, that's what I really care about. Um, they said that AI shouldn't be used to write or rewrite literary material, can't be used as source material, and work covered under the Guild's minimum basic agreement, which is the bargaining agreement that covers their work, can't be used to train AI. That's, that's just ludicrous. So basically these people know AI is coming. They don't want their writings um, being taken by AI and rewritten or flipped or made better. Because eventually it'll train the AI so it doesn't even need them anymore. 
WGA member, writer, and comedian Adam Conover posted the response from the AMPTP and slammed them over their stance on AI. We propose that AI not be used to undermine our work. They rejected our proposal and offered an annual meeting to discuss advances in technology. <laughs> so many people are about to be automated out. The entertainment industry is going to be no different. No different. So the question is, if this goes on for three months, do they just go to some kind of a GPT? Do they just go with DeepMind AI? Are, are contracts afoot? Something nobody else seems to be talking about, and really I was totally unaware of till I came up on this article as one of the bargaining chips in this um, in this battle. It made, it made it actually interesting to me. Richard Dreyfus slams Oscars over inclusivity rules that treat people like children as he praises Laurence Olivier's portrayal of Othello. I really like Richard Dreyfus, by the way. Richard Dreyfus. Um, although, of course, I don't agree with everything the guy has to say, has talked about the loss of civics in this country and because of which the loss of critical thinking because people do not know how to critically think or approach an argument in a civil manner. And like Richard, I don't like being treated like a child either. Shocking. I don't like it. It's not cool. It's no thank you. No bueno. You get it? I'm an adult. I want to be treated as such. I know other adults want to be treated as such. I don't think that we can be treated like adults when we got royalty being crowned. I don't think we can be treated like adults when we got a zombified puppet in chief who was installed and we have to believe what they tell us about elections now or get censored. Get deplatformed. Or, or have payment processes taken away from us. But again, big failure on Trump's part. Big fit. He, that, that's the other thing that I don't think people get about this upcoming election. In the 2020 election, Trump could not have been sitting at a higher level of power to try to challenge what had happened to him. And he was censored everywhere and unable to combat that because of his inaction prior and the people on the inside in his administration that he allowed to be there like Bill Barr. I just didn't know about the Hunter Biden laptop. They lied to me. Okay, sure. Well, I, Epstein did kill himself. I don't know how. I, I wouldn't have believed it either. I'll laugh with the ABC reporter when he asked me whether or not we're going to keep Ghislaine alive. We're going to keep Ghislaine alive. <laughs> I mean, still one of the most incredible pieces of tape that most people haven't focused on. They had a big laugh over Epstein being killed in prison. Big failure, Donnie T. You should have cut Assange loose. You should have got rid of Barr and the gang, Pompeo and the gang. Hey, they gave you a false sense of hope, broski. And I'm sorry, I just don't know how you get back Inski. Because the system, again, you couldn't have been at a greater position of strength than in 2020. Okay, first hour is almost up. One more word from our sponsor. We'll briefly come back to YouTube, but remember, uh, www.rvmrumble.com for the second hour, or go to the RVM uh, Rumble page, and you'll see the big, long stream. It'll be, have their big logo on it. Free second hour. But first, a word from our sponsor, 
and something that I actually do use. It's IP Vanish. We love the internet, but the internet is tracking everything you do. Take control of your online privacy with IP Vanish. People with malicious intent are everywhere watching you. Criminals can hack your Wi-Fi, while broadband providers and advertisers monitor your data. With IP Vanish on your device, your internet activity is encrypted. No one can see what you're doing. Your location, your connection, completely hidden. Protect your internet privacy today with IP Vanish. The orb is an expression of religious and moral authority. Okay, guys, here's the deal. The orb is a, you know... The symbol of uh, religious and moral authority. <laughs> We're going to go over to the premium section. I want you to thumbs this up. Can we get 200 thumbs on the way out, YouTube? Um, if you're starting this over again, don't. Start it over again after you come over to the second hour. You also subscribe on Rumble. Again, could we get some Twitter followers? I haven't been able to gain on Twitter since I bought that blue check mark at Jason Burmis. That's where you're going to find really a lot of the source material that we go to for this show. So that being said, second hour, come on over. Remember, RVM uh, or redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. That's where you can sign up, support the broadcast, and get that Wayne Dupree interview. We're going to show you a sample in the second hour of the Alicia Powell interview as we talk seditious conspiracy. But, re but YouTube, that's it for you, Ski. We're out. We'll see you on the flip if i can there we are and goodbye youtube okay let's continue on here in fact th this is a good place to go to my interview with alicia powell and then we can talk seditious conspiracy this narrative of white supremacy and domestic terror and how it even bled into the two really bizarre uh incidents that happened over uh, the weekend, I think it was yesterday, uh, the shooting at the mall where it seemed like Hispanics were targeted and then Hispanics just being run over at an immigration center. Uh, when you read the headlines and the, the feeds, you had a lot of mainstream figures and media getting behind it, talking about neo-Nazism, right? And, and, and playing that narrative up. And then you found out that the guy's name was Garcia at the mall. And he was Hispanic. He was some kind of security officer. It was very bizarre. And then it appears from the video that I, I really didn't want to see. I, I Again, I hate looking at dead kids. Man, that, that, that stuff really, ooh, ooh, it's tough. I don't like looking at dead kids. Someone posted a still shot of just this dead pile of bodies. And it looked like they could have been shot up. No, they were run over. But, they, but again, the social media post made it sound like they were a victim of white supremacy and being shot up, right? And then later on, I saw the, the horrific video it came from and realized this was from them being run over. And again, it, it looks like, and I haven't looked into the details on any of this yet, other than you know what's been posted out there, that person seems to be Hispanic. I mean, again, it's just really bizarre with the narratives that, that are shoved down our throats these days. So... Um, this is, again, part of the uh, interview series that you get on premium that helps support the broadcast. And uh, this is just a small segment with myself and Alicia Powell talking seditious conspiracy and the Proud Boys case. With today's verdict on the Proud Boys, hot off the presses, you guys are probably going to see this a couple days later, 
where four of these five people have now been found guilty of seditious conspiracy. And this seditious conspiracy charge is one that has not been used since the Civil War. Let me repeat that. Since the Civil War. Now, they faced a multitude of other charges. I've always said, look, you broke the law, you destroyed some property, charge them with that. You assaulted somebody, okay, charge them with that. But there was no sedition. There was no conspiracy. I was on the scene of the Capitol. A lot of you guys joined me on that journey. And unfortunately, from the outset, and especially since we had the Stuart Rhodes Oath Keepers case as kind of a blueprint or example, I said there was really no possibility that they wouldn't be found guilty. But if they weren't, maybe, maybe you could get a mistrial and a change of venue. Now, the appeals are still out there, but to really break this down is somebody who has been on the ground floor of this case since its inception, has written many articles for the Gateway Pundit, has met with many of these people in person that are now facing 20 years plus. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable, it's unfortunate. And really, somebody I consider to really be an expert on the subject. Her name is Alicia Powell. You may know her from her contributions here at Red Voice Media. Alicia, obviously not the verdict that we wanted today. Um, what are your initial thoughts? Well, January 6th is, yeah, I was on the ground floor at the courthouse. January 6th is the ground zero of the New World Order communist takeover of America. And I have never witnessed so much brazen lies, fabrication, uh, even the judge in many instances allowing the government to obfuscate very relevant evidence to this case that's completely exonerates the defendants. For example, there were numerous, at least eight <laughs> that we know of, but probably dozens of confidential human sources who embedded themselves in patriot groups, Second Amendment groups, uh, anybody, any groups that supported Donald Trump, the feds went out and went undercover to try to uh, acquire evidence and frame these guys. And uh, <laughs> it's an assault on our First Amendment, our Second Amendment. The precedent being set here is chilling all across for all of us. On top of the fact that you're seeing these guys, like you said, Enrique Tarrio wasn't at the Capitol that day. And yet he's, he, he is convicted of seditious conspiracy and uh, obstruction of a, a legal uh, official proceeding, um, pushing down a fence is one of the charges. They all face about 10 counts. Uh, the conspiracy charges are three counts. And what's interesting is Judge Kelly, uh, Judge Timothy Kelly, the judge presiding over the case, who's a Trump appointed magistrate, has changed the definition of seditious conspiracy versus what it was uh, defined as in the Oath Keepers trial. So they're facing three counts of conspiracy and all of a sudden the threshold for what qualifies as seditious conspiracy is so low that it's just a setup for them to be convicted. And there's so many ways where the judge, the prosecutors and the jury, it was doomed from the start. <laughs> It was doomed from the start. We can walk through the jury selection process where you had 92% uh, 
voting base that's being vetted as jurors. And during trial, you had the uh, jurors say, admit that they were attendees of the Women's March, attendees of, they support Antifa, Black Lives Matter. They were at the rallies and burning, you know, the Black Lives Matter rallies where they were burning down state capitals, state buildings all throughout the summer. Those were the people comprised of the jury. And the jurors were all masked throughout the whole trial. We could barely, no one even knows what they look like. They took the stand mask, they ended mass, and all day they're wearing the carcinogenic dirt rags across their faces. And along with the government prosecutors, they're also masked. And so the moment the jurors walk out of the room, then they, they go start grasping for air. Like, what is this charade? It really is, uh, symbolizes and represents everything that J6 is, a complete fabrication, just like COVID, just like all of it. Jason, there's a lot to explain about what happened on this trial. It's been going on for four months, the longest of any J6 trial. And uh, we were all shocked, all shell-shocked today when they came back with no acquittals and convicted these guys of everything. Get the whole story on Red Voice Media Premium using the link below completely uncensored and ad-free. Redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Uh, that's the full interview and, uh, of course, ad-free, like they said. Um, I'll have to say this, you know, uh, about the verdict. I wasn't shell-shocked at all. At all. I, I thought they were all going to be convicted of every charge, unfortunately. Uh, I don't think you can get a fair trial in Washington, D.C., especially with the way uh, that the media has acted surrounding this case nationally, um, continually going on with uh, the show trial. It's, it's an insurrection. Insurrection day. And uh, that's just a really important interview. I do want to make a correction, however, because when we get things wrong, we get things wrong. They did use uh, the seditious conspiracy charge a little over a decade ago. And you can check it out. Uh, right here, uh, Lenawee County, Michigan, had an apocalyptic Christian nationalist militia problem about a decade ago. The group called itself the Hutari, and I remember the Hutari militia, a name that members said meant Christian warriors, uh, though the FBI said it didn't mean anything at all. The Hutari saw themselves as soldiers to a higher power. The ex-wife of the group's founder, David Stone, characterized her former husband's beliefs as uh, religiously uh, re religiosity that spiraled out of control. So the Hutari militia uh, in March of 2010, so a little over a decade ago, also got the uh, suspicious <laughs> conspiracy charge. And, and I, I, I do, I briefly remember that Hutari militia case. And uh, yeah, it looked like it said that they were part of like small USA Al Qaeda cells. There's a there's a there's a lot going on there. But they broke it out. It wasn't just from the 1800s. You know, she just discussed uh, the COVID 1984 scam. Okay, and by the way, before we we just end that, I do want to remind everybody that uh, she has done some great work and continues to do great work. J6 political prisoner Dominic Pizzola's attorney evidence confirms J6 was an organized government plot. There is no evidence of conspiracy by patriots. So, you know, again, these trials were show trials. They were farces. 
Uh, when only, uh, Hey, McCarthy, I thought that the rest of us were supposed to get all of the footage. All of the footage. There is no excuse to, uh, and Thomas Massey said this, there is no excuse not to dump all of the footage to the public, period. Hey, Tuckins, you know, apparently it's being uh, reported that the Tuckins was actually making $20 million a year, okay? And he knows where the bodies are buried. Uh, he's ready to name names, but he has to be released from his contract. And that's what's preventing him from joining rival networks. Uh, doesn't expire till January 2025. Huh, how about that? So we're going to get all, all the way through the 2024 election, and this guy might be completely and totally muzzled, not even able to start his own thing, might not even be able to speak freely other than to go on other people's shows. And by, by the way, a lot of those uh, shows uh, have been, you know, he's been saying a lot. And uh, here's one of those clips right now from the Tulsi Gabbard show. There are members of Congress who are controlled by the intel agencies. I'm not speculating on this. You know, I, I lived there for 35 years. I know right. this. I had a very high-ranking, very high-ranking member of the House Intel Committee tell me at dinner at a restaurant in Washington when he'd been drinking, we got to talk about this. And I said, oh, I'll text you. He goes, I, I can't text. And I said, why is that? And he goes, well, because NSA reads my text. And I said, NSA reads it. Wait, you're the head guy on the intelligence committee, you're their boss. You're providing oversight in our constitu constitutional system. He's like, yeah, but you know, they're still spying at me. First thing. Second thing, Michael McCall, right. who is, you know, <laughs> the leader of, I would say the neocons uh, in the house, kind of low key uh, neocons, but, but neocons. Um, what I got into an argument with him once last year on the phone he told somebody that I was a Russian agent or something. And I was outraged. So I called him on the phone and I, you know, I used bad language. I was really mad. And uh, he said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I just got that. You know, that's what the Intel briefers told me that you were working for Russia. And I said, that's what the Intel briefers told you. You believe your fucking Intel brief. Like how yeah. old are you, son? You yeah. know, I'm from DC. My dad was in this world. Like yeah. you don't, you're being manipulated by your Intel briefers. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that the TikTok ends, man. You always get those TikTok ends, and I don't have TikTok. I get I get these from uh, Twitter most of the time. But seriously, think about that. That that's what a joke the Intel community is when, and and really what a joke the Oversight Committee is for the Intel agencies that they would believe that the talk. They love him, hate him, think he's a shill or limited hangout that he's working for Russia. That that's redonkulous. That that's cartoon level. That's not real. That's not based in any semblance of reality whatsoever. That can't be a reality rant because it's false. And, and just like I don't bend the knee to royalty and uh, Charlie Dickens and the gang. I don't bend the knee to world government and spooks and their agendas. And that's why, you know, this, this Tedros video that was released, I think Thursday to let us all know that the COVID-1984 nightmare was over is, is a joke. It's a bad joke. It's the dark cartoon.
1,221 days ago, WHO learned of a cluster of cases of pneumonia of unknown cause. In and by the way, the Wuhan China thing, total bullshit. Total, that, that's, that's again, that's limited hangout down the road for the next level of cover-up after the Zelikow bullshit war on COVID commission. We could have done more. We need more tests. We need more rapid tests. No. They don't talk about how the tests don't work. Okay? They don't talk about how the flu disappeared. They don't talk about how they suppressed real medications, real steroids. They wouldn't let people get antibiotics, vitamin C, vitamin D. Their policy was to kill with remdesivir and what? And what? Ventilators. These people are sick. And the evidence is clear. September, October, November latest, it's already in the United States. At Wuhan, uh, China, come on, man. Chapel Hill, all, all over the place. This is a seeded attack on humanity. Make no mistake about it. It's not a leak. It's not a nation state thing. It's a kapal of evil mother truckers. Period. And when you have unaccountable royals like Charlie Dickens and unaccountable globalists like Klaus Nutschwab, this is what you get. You get Tedros telling you after 1,200 plus days of oppression, it's over. Wuhan, China. On the 30th January 2020, on the advice of an emergency committee convened under the international health regulations, I declared a public health emergency of international concern over the global outbreak of COVID-19, the highest level of alarm under international law. This guy needs to be in prison under international law. In three years since then, COVID-19 has turned our world upside down. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Puppets like yourself working on behalf of a predator class agenda have turned the post-truth world into a global reality with censorship and biomedical authoritarian tyranny afoot. All right? So it wasn't turned upside down, okay, it, it was literally taken over and inverted occult style by a predator class that you bend the knee to, Tedros. Almost 7 million deaths have been reported to WHO, but we know the toll is several times higher, at least 20 million. Health systems have been severely disrupted, with millions of people missing out on essential health services, including life-saving vaccinations for children. Gotta love that they just always have to stick in the life-saving vaccinations for children. Let's not forget the life-saving vaccinations for children. You know, the ones that have been safe and effective for decades. You know, the safe and effective ones, all of them. You know, not the five or the 10 that my generation got or the 20 or the 30 that the generation before me or after me got, but that like the now with the, with the 50 to 75. You know, those lifesavers for the children that they care so much about and love so much. 
it has caused severe economic upheaval, erasing trillions from GDP, disrupting travel and trade, shattering businesses, and plunging millions into poverty. It has caused severe social upheaval, with borders closed, movement restricted, schools shut, and millions of people experiencing loneliness. Oh, oh, now they're so worried about the loneliness. They wouldn't let you visit your dying mother. You couldn't go and get your grandmother out of the homes. Many of them were who were confused because they mentally weren't doing as well or suffered from dementia would sit there and cry in a window. I know, I know people that personally happened to. And forget about the hate and lie shot. Okay, forget, I mean, I don't even want to bring that up. But I'm, I mean, this guy, this is what these people do. They, they act like anything that wasn't effective is because they didn't do enough and they need more power. They need more control. They're going to fix it next time you, if you let them do more to you. Isolation, anxiety, and depression. So why don't you get on some meds? We got plenty of psychotropics for you. <laughs> COVID-19 has exposed and exacerbated political fault lines within and between nations. It has eroded trust between people, governments, and institutions fueled by a torrent of mis- and disinformation. See, that's the new thing. We got to go after the mis- and disinformation. Boy, it was the mis- and disinformation. No, it was your lies and hate. You were the mis- and disinformation. You were the people running drills like Event 201 in October when this thing was already around the world prepping. But it wasn't a bat, right? And it wasn't China. It was a pig in South America. Hell, if you'd wanted to, and it was politically relevant, you could have said the same damn thing. You could have actually used that. Oh, but that's fake news, Jason. Bill and Melinda Gates love you, and so do their institution. Okay, the Chinese CDC, they love us. The pharmaceutical companies got nothing but love. It's love, 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 love. Disney loves you. Big corporations love people individually and their individual rights and would never take advantage, never exploit, never hurt or harm the little guy. Duh. And especially not Tedros. They're fighting mis and disinformation. Hey, what about that malinformation you guys wrote about too? Hmm. What about that there, Tedros? And it has laid bare the searing inequalities of our world with the poorest and most vulnerable communities the hardest hit. So that's absolutely not true. That is absolutely, I wanna, I wanna make that 100% clear. It's another one of their lies. Like actually, if you look at it, those that were able to be treated with ivermectin in second and third world nations Okay, and weren't forced to take hate and lie shots, did just fine. Did just fine. I'll tell you who didn't do so well, okay? The middle and lower middle class, in, uh, and even some of the upper middle class, because they're just dumb, unfortunately. Because they didn't know it was going on. They were naive. I feel bad for them. In fact, you should have some sympathy and empathy for those people that were buying into the nonsense. Okay, rolling up their sleeve, going into the hospital. But really, it was the middle class and the poor that didn't have the resources or the know-how or the money to fight these things, to stay out of the hospital, 
to find a way around it, to get the drugs that they actually needed. Okay, that's who you went after. You went after the middle class in first world nations, the heaviest. Stop with the lie. They're the hardest hit. They were the ones that were the hardest hit economically, overall, okay? They're the ones that were hit physically the most, overall. And the last to receive access to vaccines and other tools. And other tools. Oh, the World Health Organization cares so much about the child. They don't give a rat's ass about that kid. This is a moment for reflection. As a global community, the suffering we have endured, the painful lessons we have learned, the investments we have made and the capacities we have built must not go to waste. We owe it to those we have lost to leverage those investments, to build on those capacities, to learn those lessons, and to transform that suffering into meaningful and lasting change. These people are sick. They're, they're, they're the, think about this. This is the same United Nations that's behind the LGBTQ plus I LMNOPO bearded woman deal. Okay, these are the same people that say there's new science for the transgender movement. Okay, okay, uh, that, that uh, there, there is no new science, by the way. There's no, there's none that will that bring it to man, woman, trans man, trans woman, non-binary person with other terms such as hedra, third gender, two spirit, travesty, fa fa fine, fa fa fine, gender queer, trans penny, mukes, warrior, uh, warrior and medi. And all this is about taking your kids. It's all it is. Giving hormone therapy to kids. Gender affirming surgery and hormone therapy to kids. Because kids rights or trans rights or human rights. And it's guys like Tedros that are going to bring this to you. Transphobic murder, violence and torture. Get out of here. There is no epidemic of that. Because there's no real reality that this is a breakout phenomenon other than what you've mentally and psychologically through warfare, fifth generation warfare, imposed on the Western world, the United States in particular. It's disgusting and it's disturbing. And it's never ending because this isn't about your gender. This is about transhumanism. This is about globalism. This is about the takeover. <sighs> And you know what? Actually, that's a good segue. It's a good segue into these two uh, RFK clips. It's a good segue for that. Because Robert F. Kennedy Jr., um, in a, I believe it's an interview with Kim Iverson, um, is asked about whether or not he fears being assassinated. Relevant question in today's world, especially the world in which his father... And his uh, uncle were clearly assassinated by the government. And they, uh, oh, the government's big, Jason. You know what I damn well mean. You know, elements within our government were involved in both. The intel agencies that are telling you the Tuckins is Russia. Okay? Those guys. Absolutely involved in killing this guy's dad and uncle because they were too powerful. 
but his response to the 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 whole thing of him dying there are things worse than death there are things worse than death if you have empathy for humanity if you have a family you know this you know if you have some somebody or something and when i say something i i, I mean really an institution of a group of people not just an individual like your wife it, it could be your entire family of 5 or 6 it could be your extended family. It could be your family at church or your family at work. Just a group of human beings. Then there are things worse than death. Like how are these people and theirs going to live for the rest of their lives under this type of tyranny? So let's uh, let's let RFK speak for himself right here. In terms of my physical safety, I don't worry about that. I you know I take uh, care. I'm not going to be stupid. I'm not going to make it easy for people. But there's things that I worry about a lot more than dying. You know, there's a lot worse things than death. And one of those for me would be to have my kids grow up in a world uh, in a America where they didn't have their constitutional rights and they, where they didn't have the opportunities and, and hope and idealism and pride in their country that I do. And I feel like, you know, there was a... There was a generation in 1776 that put everything on the line to give us these constitutional rights. They put their property, their livelihoods, their reputation, and their lives, and a lot of them died, you know, to give us what we've got here today. And if we lose the courage of our convictions, that we will lose all of those gifts they gave us. And I'm not going to, that's not going to be a consideration for me. Not going to be a consideration for me. How many Democrats talk about 1776 at this point? How many? It's funny, you know, I was reading the comments uh, section of an interview I did with Mel Kay a couple weeks ago, and I had talked about how RFK Jr. probably has my vote, and he probably does at this point. I, I mean, it's going to be hard-pressed for not to... It, it, some Something wild happens. I, I don't vote for RFK Jr., but right now, he's... Listen to him. Listen to him. He's not perfect. Nobody is. Um, but it's conversations like this that constantly get me to lean in. And I saw so many insane comments on there. Now, and, and by the way, quite a few thumbs down. Thumbs down, Jason. Boo, Jason. Boo. Trust the plan, Jason. I mean, insane comments like um, Biden and Hillary had both been taken out in 2018, 2019, the fake Biden stuff that's not real. It's not real. Okay, that's in there. Oh, this guy said vote for a Democrat. He's lost the plot. He doesn't understand where we are. You know, God wins in the end. We're watching a movie. No, no, no. If you're being passive, okay, and you're accepting like either the reality on the TV or the total opposite all the time of what's on the TV, okay? Or, or just what you're hearing on a message board and you're not using the critical thinking we talked about via Richard Dreyfus. then I'm sorry. You don't get it. You lost the plot. You don't get it. We do have to get out on the ground floor. This is a guy I would stump for. If I got a call from uh, the RFK Jr. campaign and said, hey, Jason, we, we want you on board. We, we'd love you to 
write some speeches or come out and shoot some stuff and shorts and uh, maybe put... I would, as soon as possible, sir, ASAP. Am I an enemy because of that? Do I not belong on RVM because of that? Is that not very conservative of me? I'm just being real. This guy's talking about the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, things worse than death in 1776. You're not going to see another Democrat say those things. Period. I promise you. Not a one running for president. Not a one that wants to replace Zombie J. This guy. That's it. Here he is talking about the CF, CIA and uh, their, their involvement in uh, the deaths of his father and his uncle. And very, very early on, Alan Dulles essentially you know, corrupted the purpose of it by, by getting the CIA involved in you know, assassinations and fixing elections. And all. The, the CIA has been involved now in fixing about it in, in coup d'etats or attempted coup d'etats in about a third of the countries in the world, most of them democracy. So our national policy as a country is to promote democracy. The CIA's policy has been the opposite, and it has been at odds with the United States. So, And I think part of that, my father recognized this too. His plan was to reorganize the CIA along those lines to separate the espionage and the analysis and information gathering functions um, from the, you know, the black functions, because otherwise the, func the, the, the espionage section sees its job as justifying all of these, uh, you know, these nefarious uh, activities they're involved in, and there's no accountability. So there's never any accountability. And they do, you know, they, you overthrow a government in Iraq, and what happens? You create ISIS. You then get involved in Syria from ISIS and you drive two million uh, civilian or two million refugees into Europe, which destabilizes democracy all over Europe and basically causes Brexit. And that is the, you know, that's the outcome of a of a, what the CIA considers a successful operation to depose Saddam Hussein. Is it really successful? I don't think so. And and unfortunately. You know, we, we have a 60-year war with Iraq, and that war began when the CIA overthrew the first democratically elected government in the 6,000-year history of Persia. And we are still living with the blowback from that operation. And, and there's no, no accountability, and these agencies need to be accountable, and I would break up the CIA in a way that would make them accountable. I would break up the CIA in a way that would make them accountable. You know, and, and again, he's talked about their involvement in the deaths of his relatives. He breaks down there the coup d'etat aspect. He brings up, up with Mosaddegh! Up with Mosaddegh! Right? It's up with Mo I want to make sure I, I'm getting that or, or, with that. Up with... It might be down with Mosaddegh. <laughs> see, let's see. Iranian coup d'etat. Let's see. We do it live. Um, let's see. The, how the CIO, they, they had the pamphlet game with the with Mosaddegh. Okay. Remember that much of it. How the CIA overthrew Iran's democracy in four days. Okay. And there's uh, Mosaddegh right there. And basically, they, they would cause havoc. And that's where they would put the up with Mosaddegh 
uh, pamphlets out there. He just, again, massive protests broke out across Iran, leaving almost 300 dead in firefights in the streets of Tehran. Iranian Prime, Prime Minister Mohammad Mosaddegh was soon overthrown in a coup orchestrated by the CIA and British intelligence. Uh, the Shah was reinstalled as Iran's leader. Up with Mosaddegh! <laughs> <sighs> All right. There are quite a few other stories that I did want to hit um, and uh, get into Woody Allen in a minute. Iowa lawmakers passed legislation to roll back child labor protections. This is out of CNN. When you look into the law, it just allows, uh, it would allow 14 and 15 year olds to work two additional hours per week when school is in session uh, from four to six hours. They would be able to work until 9 p.m. during most of the year and until 11 p.m. from June 1st to Labor Day, uh, two hours later than previously allowed. This bill would also allow 16- and 17-year-olds to work the same hours as an adult. Okay. I'm not worried about any of that. I, I like all of that. I, I don't want 16- or 17-year-olds doing more than 40 hours um, and really not more than 20 or 30, but again, if you've got two 10 hour or two 12 hour shifts on the weekend, that's 20 to 24 hours. And then like a four hour part-time job, three, four days a week. I think that builds character. I think that's a way to learn a trade, to learn responsibility. And when we're talking about two additional hours a day, you know, to six hours for 14 and 15 year olds, good. So like, that's like one part-time shift. One, again, great, great way to learn. Um, most kids are up past 9 p.m. at this point anyway. You know, if they get up at 6 in the morning, that's still plenty of time. It's like an eight-hour. If they come home, they still get an hour to get ready for bed. Bed by 10, eight-hour sleep. I see no problem with this. I like Iowa. Uh, I, I am a little blown away that 14-year-olds can get their driver's license here. And uh, my niece is already talking about it because her birthday is right around the corner. And that's a bit, bit scary. Uh, but as far as the work stuff go, especially if you're going to let, let them uh, get behind the wheel of a car. Before we get to Woody Allen, I want to hit this story really quick. So Roman Polanski posed in a photo with his teenage victim, uh, which he was convicted of and then fled the country 45 years after he drugged and raped her. And now this woman said that she, he, he's paid his price and is smiling on his lap in the whole 90s. I believe he's 79 or 80 years old. He might even be 89. Let's, let's, go, to the, uh, let's go to the actual story here. Um, let's see. How old is he now? 89. Can't believe it. He's 89 years old, this guy. Never served a day for it. There, there, there she was when she was 13 years old. So drugged and raped the girl when she was 13. She's okay with it now. Uh, they took down one of Jamie's videos talking about this. Jamie Deluxe does great work, especially um, not only on elite level child predators, but also on uh, globalism, the Great Reset, Klaus Nutschwab and the gang. Very effective stuff. And uh, they, they gave him a, a strike on this one and took it down. And they said it was cyberbullying. Exposing Hollywood Part 1. Yep, the old cyberbullying. And look, I'm not going to condone the guy at all. And that kind of brings me 
to uh, the next subject here, and that's Woody Allen. And we, we read at the end, uh, we were reading Chomsky and why he met with Epstein, and we were talking about transhumanism and how these people are all into that. And because Chomsky, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's some funding there, but, you know, they're into the same types of things. And this is a 2010 Harvard, The Ties That Bind, Health and Medicine, talking about uh, really directed evolution via their evolutionary uh, lab labyrinth that species must traverse to reach uh, ES sociality the rare but spectacular successful social structure in which individuals of the world's most dominant species cooperate to raise offspring. It's directed evolution, okay? That's, that's what we're talking about, and Harvard's all about it. Now, other than Chomsky, we have Woody Allen, okay? And here's the thing about Woody Allen. I, I shared a clip where Mia Farrow taped Woody Allen talking about the abuse of Dylan Farrow, which has been alleged. Okay. And I got sent this documentary. I've not watched it yet. And some people are claiming Woody Allen is innocent of Dylan Farrow and child abuse in general. Okay. I need to watch the documentary. I'm always going to have an open mind. Here's my, here's my deal. This guy has ties to Jeffrey Epstein. He married his adopted daughter. What I mean, first of all, you marry your adopted daughter. There, there's, I mean, I don't even know how to talk about the huge issues with that and the questions that arise from that. It just, I mean, all, that's, that's revolting. It's disgusting. It's, in, it's inhuman. It's not okay on any level. It's not okay. And then you combine that with the fact that this guy's with Epstein, right? And, like, he doesn't need Epstein to, like, fund something. Like, why is he hanging out with Epstein? What's their deal? So let's read this right here. This is uh, the, uh, the recent piece on uh, the two reports that have come out from the Wall Street Journal via Unlimited Hangout and Whitney Webb, who always does a really great job of, of uh, breaking this stuff down. In Woody Allen's case... He has been accused of sexually assaulting his adopted daughter, Dylan Farrow, when she was seven years old. That abuse claim has been corroborated by witnesses and other evidence. Furthermore, Allen refused to take a polygraph administered by state police in connection with the investigation and lost four exhaustive court battles related to child custody and his abuse of Dylan Farrow. One of the judges in the case described Allen's behavior toward Dylan as grossly inappropriate and that measures must be taken to protect her. Actress Mia Farrow, Dylan's mother, alleged in court that Alan took a sexual interest in her adopted daughter when she was between the ages of two and three years old. And again, I'm going to watch the documentary and, and maybe there's something there, but the Epstein Association, marrying your daughter, other accusations, not great. And, and by the way, I haven't watched a ton of his movies. I remember watching, again, Annie Hall. And I, I remember watching the, the movie and thinking to myself, creepy weirdo. Creepy weirdo humor. Creepy weirdo. Just saying. Alan subsequently seduced and later married another adopted daughter of Pharaoh, Sun Yi Previn, 
whom Alan first met when Previn was a child. However, Previn has stated that her first friendly interaction with Alan took place when she was a teenager. In 1992, Mia Farrow found nude photos of Previn in Alan's home and has stated that this was her motive for ending her relationship with Alan. In the case of Alan and Epstein, and potentially Ahud Barak as well, their sexual proclivities and scanders were well known by the time Chomsky met with these men, making a strong suggestion that this type of behavior was not seen by Chomsky as taboo or as a barrier to socialization. It is more than likely not that there were some other major draw that led Chomsky to overlook this type of horrendous behavior towards vulnerable minors. Again, Mr. Intellectual, the gnome, the Chomskarific. And I got to get those articles. If anybody can send them to me, I don't know if they're internet archived yet. Uh, beyond the paywall, I would love that. I would really appreciate it because I have not been able to, uh, to grab those yet and read them for myself. Again, uh, Whitney Webb does an absolutely amazing job in this piece talking about Chomsky. Uh, talking about uh, Epstein and all these other associates because, look, first of all, just like in the case of January 6th, I want the raw documents. I want the raw documents. <coughs> I forget what I was watching, um, but it was over the weekend. It had to be. It had to be really, I, I want to say, what was it? Oh, yeah, no, I do know what it was. It, it, it might not have been over the weekend. I think it was this thing called Resolved. So Vice has this series called Resolved where you're allowed to question certain events and, and murders if they're celebrities, and you're allowed to have, quote-unquote, conspiracy theories about those. And, yeah, they do put debunkers up there too, but they give credence to it as long as it's not like a big political case. And essentially, one of the debunkings was that fake Epstein list, just like that printed out Word document with just people's names. All Bob Saget was on there, right? So when people were trying to go after um, that Bob Saget had been murdered by the Illuminati, right? It was because he was involved in high-level child sacrifice and trafficking. And uh, they pointed to this video of... Bob Saget telling this awful, awful, terrible, dirty, dirty joke. It might even be from a, a documentary about that joke, which has pedophilia in it. And then people would also post this fake Epstein list that had just, I mean, Jimmy Kimmel and all these other people. And then people would send it to, and like they try to tag me in it, or I'd see it from people that like I knew personally. I'd be like, guys, stop, stop. They like, like, oh, here's the list. We've got it. We remember when they unlocked, they've unlocked the Epstein files. We're still waiting to this day in those uh, Glane Maxwell trials to have those documents unsealed. What, three, four, five months later? Five months later? Believe me, when they get unsealed, the day they got unsealed, I'll know about it and I'll report on it. And probably the day after they get unsealed, We'll be going over them live on air. We'll be doing keyword searches. We'll be looking for interesting information, right? Real stuff that will be marginalized, unfortunately. 
Guys, we're coming up uh, on the last 10 minutes of the show. I do want you to thumbs it up, subscribe, share. Make sure that you are subscribed over at RVM on Rumble. It is www.rvmrumble.com. Easy way to get there. I want you to watch all the documentary films I've done as well. Loose Change, Final Cut, Fabled Enemies, Invisible Empire, A New World Order Defined, and of course, Shade the Motion Picture, where... We talked about Charlie Dickens today, and we talked about the sustainability agenda and the World Economic Forum, and briefly, uh, you saw the picture of Gates, and yes, the King of the World documentary has a little bit more on Gates and this green agenda and the Marshall Plan. A lot of that is covered in Shade the Motion Picture. A, a, a super califragilistic ton of it is covered in Shade the Motion Picture. From the power structures that be, in particular the Bilderberg group because invisible empire um, really is looking at the term new world order and, and the collectivism that surrounds it. Because once you start defining it, it's clearly about collectivism from the original book by Samuel Zane Batten called new world order to the subsequent publications on the new world order to the uh, subsequent speaking engagements where varying, uh, Government and public officials would call for a new world order. Hitler amongst them. Oh, Hitler had his own vision. Hitler brings the world new order. Even at a di again, even had a Disney gag about it. And like Donald Duck having a nightmare about being a Nazi with the Japanese singing a song that was a hit back in the day. In fact, can we bring... Well, that's something we can do live. We're on Rumble right now. We're not on YouTube. I don't even think we'll get a strike. Let's see if we can find it. Donald Duck Nazi. Let's see what we got. Here it is. Donald Duck was a Nazi. This oh, Come on, don't talk about it. Here it is. Donald Duck's Nazi episode. They have the prologue speech? Wow. All right. Okay, Leonard Malton. I'm, I'm, I'm with it. Let's, let's do it. Let's see what we got. Leonard Maltin giving the speech. In time of war, it's typical, sometimes even useful, to demonize your enemy. We still see this today whenever a dictator or despot comes to power anywhere in the world. Caricatures and jokes, not always in the best of taste, rise to the forefront because it's our way of relieving aggression. So it was in World War II. Some people feared Adolf Hitler. Others mocked him. The Disney staff came up with the idea for a cartoon to be titled Donald Duck in Nazi Land, giving the all-American duck a nightmare that he was living in a country run by Nazis. The title changed when a song written for the cartoon by Oliver Wallace became a runaway hit and a now classic recording by Spike Jones. And a now classic recording by Spike Jones. Not the Spike Jones you're thinking of, everybody. Don't, don't get it twisted. But yeah, huge hit. Huge cartoon, huge use of propaganda, but propaganda based in truth that Hitler was looking to build the New World Order. It then became essential to change the name of the cartoon to De Fuhrer's Face. It's easy to see why the film was so popular. It's very, very funny. Reducing the serious tenets of Hitler's Nazism to slapstick absurdities. And it gave audiences a chance to think, as Donald does, about the freedoms they might have taken for granted. Glad to be a slugger slugger, the new guy that stakes in America. 
Here we go. Defuhrer's Face, directed by Jack Kenney, won the Academy Award as Best Animated Short Subject of 1943. Academy Award for the Best Short Subjects. Here we go. <laughs> kick a Arian Fuhrer Superman. Are we not? Like, look, that's definitely part of the Nazi, Nazi ideology. I was like, that's something I watched this weekend too. Some of the uh, cult stuff, the Vril Society. Um, you know, they were very much into hollow earth and kind of this godlike race. But they're working with the Japanese. Japanese doesn't look very Aryan. Yahweh is the Superman. Super duper Superman. Is this Nazi land so good? Would you leave it if you could? Yeah, this Nazi land is good. We would leave it if we could. We bring the world new order. I Hitler's world new order. Hail Hitler's race. love. Hail Hitler's new world order. There it is. The new world, and then you know, I in my film Invisible Empire, I even have Madeleine Albright. Okay, uh, before even uh, the vast majority of her ghoulish days where she just basically says, hey, you know, the millions of people we killed in the Middle East, you know, Afghanistan, Iraq, and the war of terror, not on terror, of terror, you know, that, they, they're, they're worth it for all that democracy we brought the region, for all that stability we brought that region. And remember, it was Daddy B, Daddy Bush, the uh, HW that really brought it back. That's why uh, Albert was commenting on it in uh, the early 90s is because George H.W. Bush decided to bring it. He brought it on back. He brought it on back. He's like, yeah, you know, whatever. Hitler was big on a new world order. I like it. My dad liked it. You know, Harriman Brothers Banking, Averill Harriman and the gang. Averill Harriman there's an interesting character. There's somebody that was traveling around, um, seemed to be in business with both. Okay, I mean, he's riding around on planes with Churchill. I'm supposed to love Churchill for some reason, right? I'm supposed to love Churchill. I'm supposed to love Zelensky. I'm supposed to love the World Economic Forum, the United Nations, and this new vision of a great reset, even though it's repackaged, New world order garbage. Guys, we are closing it down. I want to remind people, we got Chad Canton and I'm fired up next. This is RVM. I absolutely love you guys. And we will see you all 
on the flip side.